Welcome to a brand new season and a brand new episode of Record Talk Listen. My name is Lydia, and thank you so much for joining me. This is our eighth season of Record Talk Listen, and we are so happy that we have an amazing lineup of guests coming to speak to us throughout the month of October and beyond. So if you haven't already, make sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss another episode of the podcast. Now, today we are privileged to have Teresa Stahl. She's written a fantastic new book. It's called I'm Full, Remindful Eating Tips to Feel Great and Make Peace with Your Plate. This book is available at all of our local book purveyors, as well as the library. And if you're a little bit further afield and you would like to get a copy of the book, it is on Amazon. And we will provide links to everything we talk about in the show, as well as where to get the book on our website and in the show notes, recordtalklisten.com. So without further ado, here is Teresa Stahl. Teresa, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Lydia. So you're the first episode back. I took a, a very extended hiatus, but uh, I'm glad that you're here. We've worked together in the past, and you just recently published a book. Yes. And uh, it's that was a goal, a bucket list item for you. Yes. So what's the name of the book? The book is called I'm Full, Remindful Eating Tips to Feel Great and Make Peace with Your Plate. That's amazing. So um, that sounds like the ideal diet, right? Well, it's not a diet, That's but right. yes, That's yes, good. it's, I hope that it's ideal. I've been a, in the nutrition field for f- over 40 years now, and I wanted to write a book many, many years ago after maybe five or 10 years of working in the field and noticing how much disconnect there was between people and a healthy relationship with food. So what made you interested in nutrition, um, 40 years ago. Yeah, I love to eat. Okay. (laughs) I love food. And and so my dad is a physician and my mom is a nurse. Okay. And I really didn't want to go into either of those fields. So I think my love of food and wanting to learn more about food, wanting to learn about cooking Mm -hmm. and just loving to read all things food. Okay. I thought this would be a nice fit for me. Why not being a chef or like, um, were you interested in the science of the food? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm a real science person. Nice. So I loved studying the science of food, anatomy and physiology, yeah. biochemistry, and seeing where everything works in your body to help it run to do its best. And I'm still intrigued by it. I think the most interesting thing to me now is the brain. I love studying about the brain and the telomeres and longevity, eating for longevity and brain health and prevention of Alzheimer's. These are things that are fascinating to me. When is the best time to seek counsel from a nutritionist? There's so many reasons. (laughs) So that's kind of hard for me to say because Um, sometimes people just want to have their diet analyzed to see, am I missing something? Sure. So I think there doesn't have to be a medical reason. It could just be wanting to make sure you're on the right track with your eating habits. So writing everything down and bringing it to somebody who can look at it and analyze it to see if you're meeting your nutritional needs, I think is a great idea. Yeah. 
But um, so some people develop, like I developed lactose intolerance as I got older. That wasn't something I had at all when I was younger. So I do think a lot of times issues that we have motivate us Mm -hmm. to learn more about it. And then you see that connection. So, you know, there's such a connection to how we feel. Seeking nutritionist, a certified nutritionist is definitely a thing to do. Yes. And we do have a very good group of dietitians at the Western Mar- UPMC Western Maryland sure. and the outpatient clinic there yeah. that do nutrition counseling. And so it, it is a challenge, you know, to find somebody that is, you know, really well trained yeah. because there's certificate programs on the internet oh, that yeah, you can get. Yeah. So you want to check the credentials and sure. Yeah. So um, if you're feeling, do you need a referral to go to a nutritionist or is it something that you can seek out on your own? It really just varies. It varies. Okay. So it's best to just call. Yeah. And figure out where you can go if this is something you're struggling with. Yes. And people can reach out to me. Yeah. Um, I have a website, remindfuleating.com, and people can reach out to me and I can help direct them. Sure. Right now I'm not doing individual counseling, but I'm getting ready to start. Fantastic. So I, I will, I'm focusing on mindful eating. Mm -hmm. Coaching is what I'd really like to do because no matter what your diagnosis is, and I've done medical nutrition therapy counseling for my whole career, but no matter what that is, eating mindfully plays a really significant factor. So when you say eating mindfully, what does that mean exactly? Okay. So eating mindfully, I I like the definition that says eating with intention while paying attention. That's perfect. So it's, it's the purchase of the foods, what you're choosing to eat. It's paying attention while you're eating. So you're not multitasking, eating while driving, eating while watching TV, which can be okay on occasion, sure. but you want to be mindful of what you're eating. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's the opposite of mindless eating, just eating out of the bag of chips while you're watching TV, right. so to speak. Right. But it's also after you eat as well, you know, helping to be in a state that you can digest your food well. You know, that, the, you know that's something that people don't think about is the, uh, after, the, after the act of eating and chewing and swallowing, what happens after that? Like, are right. you, if you're highly stressed, like if you're grabbing a bite to eat in the car and then running into a meeting that you have to present or you have to be focused, how that your stomach could just like drop to your knees because you're so nervous or whatever. And then that totally can wreak havoc on your digestive system. You're absolutely right. And so we have a sympathetic nervous system and yep. a parasympathetic nervous system. And the sympathetic is our fight or flight. So definitely, if you go into a fight or flight mode after you eat, one of the physiological functions of fight or flight is to move your energy to the larger muscles and away from the digestion. So the parasympathetic is called our rest and digest. And so I love that connection. 
And I'm guilty, so guilty of being very mindful while I'm eating and then darting off and doing a million things, not digesting. Mm -hmm. So that is the piece that I've been working on the most over the last few years is what I'm doing after I'm eating to help me digest better. It's also good to know that you're not perfect and you don't have it all figured out. I mean, you wrote a book, but it's still, I think that that's something that, um, especially with diet culture, there's no easy fix and there's no, um, I'm going to fix this problem in two seconds. I'm going to blow in a device and I'm going to lose 50 pounds or I'm going to take this supplement and then I'll be fine there. It's a, it's, and your body changes as you get older or certain events happen. Like you might have a child or, uh, might have a diagnosis like a chronic illness. You know, the, you're not, Nobody is the same. And so you have to be gracious with yourself to know like, okay, well, this might have worked for me in my 20s, but this is not going to work for me in my 30s or 40s. So um, that's good. I love that, Lydia. And that's so that's so key. And really why I called my book Remindful Eating (laughs) Tips to Feel Great and Make Peace with Your Plate, because I always say I'm a reminderer. Yes. I mean, I need reminded just like everyone else. One of the reasons I I chose nutrition was that I wanted to have a field that I loved learning about, even when I'm not working. So it's really not a job I ever went to and did. It's something that is who I am. And it's permeates every area of my life, but I need reminded just like everybody else. So being in the field and teaching the classes keeps it on the top 100%. of my memory yeah. as well. So what are some tips that you would say to somebody that's thinking like, you know, I do need to, a lot of what Teresa is saying is making a ton of sense and I should not feel so ashamed of my body and what my body does and its functions and, you know, uh, whatever your weight is. Um, how do I, what is a good tip to get started? I think, you know, be looking at your plate, you know, that's probably look in your cupboards, look in your kitchen, look at your plate and see what's making up the majority of your diet. One thing that I find so frequently is that people love vegetables and fruit, Yeah, but are they eating them? That's a totally different story. So you might be somebody who loves fruit, Mm -hmm. But when we look at what you've eaten in the last few days, you only had one or two pieces of fruit. So that's yeah. something everybody can do. And and what I like about the plate, the USDA um, uses a plate as okay. a guide. And what I like about that is that we all have a plate in front of us every time we eat. And yeah. you can just look at it and say, do I have fruit? Do I have vegetables? Do I have whole grains? Do I have a protein source? So I think I think that that's one way. And making eating a priority. I I really find that even from a very young age, like when my children who are in their 30s now were four and, you know, four and five and three even, all the activities would start like t-ball and things like that. And they're right at dinner time. So I didn't even put my kids in those things until they were older. I just really guarded the mealtime. Sure. I felt that was so important. So I think analyzing your habits around Mm -hmm. food, are you carving out when you do your to-do list in the morning? Are you putting in time to eat? That's a, I struggle with remembering to eat. Um, 
only because I get so caught up in whatever I'm doing, I, I get hyper-focused and then I will forget to eat. That's Tim's favorite line to me. What did you have to eat today? Uh, and then I have to th- if I have to think about it, then he says, okay, we need to do better. It is hard to plan sometimes. And yes. sometimes you get on a real good kick and you're like, I'm doing it. I'm feeling great. And then something will happen and you'll get detoured slightly. And everybody's a little different about how much they like to plan. My planning really involves having healthy options available in the house and then having healthy options available in the car too. Oh yeah. So you never know when you're out, if you're going to get stuck and you're getting past mealtime. And I think part of it for me is when my blood sugar goes low. Oh yeah. I'm very affected by that. I can't think straight. My, you know, I'll be a little shaky yeah. and I might get a headache. And a that- lot of people I think have that problem and they don't realize it's low blood sugar or they're not drinking enough water or, you know, there's all these like different, it's hard work to keep your body <laughs> like together. You know what I mean? <laughs> but the, the, the point I like to make is the habits yeah. are really, if you can do something till it becomes a habit, mm-hmm. you know, if you have a container that you fill with and some nuts to keep in the car sure. with you, you know, then you've got it and you're so relieved. Oh, I don't have to panic. I don't have to go to a, right. to a, f- a fast food or a convenience store right. to pick something up. But even, even fast food and convenience stores now have healthier options. They do. So that's, that's really nice that, you know, just thinking every time you eat counts. Yeah. Yeah. And I think looking at food as fuel versus like, um, oh, how many calories is in this? And, you know, it's sort of like you can make those decisions if that now sugar and stuff. If you are a diabetic, obviously you need to watch that. But um, basically not controlling your mind. Your mind doesn't control what you eat. You basically have to be like, okay, I'm going to make the decision, a healthy decision. So I have the things with me, the tools in place that I can make it it's not hard for me to make a good eating decision because it's right there right and that's that that's what I say about my book is helping to make the healthy choice the easier choice that's really really key so I've heard and I want to know your opinion on this when you go to the market you should shop on the exterior aisles of the market is that a good tip or is that kind of like uh it's half true, half not true. Yeah, that's what I think it is. It's a kind of an oversimplified tip. Okay. But the thing is, on the out on the periphery, you've got your produce. Yeah. You've got your protein foods, mm-hmm. your dairy foods, your right. grain, your breads or yeah. milks and cheese and that kind, yogurts, that kind of thing. The whole but, aisle I have to avoid. <laughs> but down the aisles, there's also healthy options. Sure. Like now you can get brown rice, mm-hmm. uh, brown basmati rice, yeah. you know, in a 90 second pouch if you want to do that. So okay. there are some, there's canned beans, oh, yeah. beans down the down the middle aisles. Mm-hmm. So there are healthy options down the middle aisles, but so, you just have to n- know what how to navigate. Yeah, and I think that uh, it's really easy to pick up the pre-made, but I know that that's a huge culture as far as like quick meals and not cooking and all that kind of stuff. Now, I know there's been a shift to um, 
Blue Apron or various meal order kits that you can get, like Home Chef and stuff like that. What are your, what do you think about those programs? Yeah, I think they're fine. I think whatever works for the individual person, and that is one of the benefits of working with a dietitian, or yeah. you know, to see what might fit into your lifestyle. So some of the meal kits, as long as they're healthy items, sure, you know, and a lot of them are geared. For health. Yeah. So they'll say they're lower in sodium or higher in fiber, mm-hmm. more plant-based. Yeah. So I do think that they can help people save time. They can help people learn how to cook. Yeah. For people that have no skill, it, it can give them meals that then maybe they can make on their own Yeah. also. So I think it can be okay. I and think I think the convenience things can be okay that you know, like the 90 second rice that you cook in the microwave. I think that those are fine, but I always encourage people to learn how to cook. Mm -hmm. For me, cooking is therapeutic. Sure. So there's therapy in the process there. It's a mind, you can be very mindful while you're cooking and, and help to manage stress. You could make a pot of brown rice at home and keep it in the fridge then to use throughout the week. So there's tips like that also. The tips to a stocked, well-stocked pantry, meal planning, that is in the book. Yes. Yes. So you can, you're going to go start. I I say in the book that people will eat to satisfy hunger Mm -hmm. versus eating to nourish themselves. And so I talk a lot about nourishing yourself that our bodies have over 40 nutrients that we need every day. They're essential because we cannot make them ourselves. So I talk about that in the book you know, what they are and how to get them in an easy way and an uncomplicated way. So the first part of the book focuses on mindfulness and mindful eating, hunger, fullness, how to know when to eat, you know, how to pay attention to your hunger and your fullness to help you um, so that you're more in control of your eating habits. I called the book I'm Full so that you can pay attention to your own fullness and say those words and mean them instead of just keep eating because it tastes so good (laughs) or, you know, (laughs) so that you can say, I'm full, you know, I don't want any more. You well, know, I've had enough. I'm satisfied. There's also, you know, a, a time lapse between um, your stomach and your brain. So, right. you know, your stomach is full and then it releases this great thing to your brain that says, hey, I'm full. But it might take a, a little bit of time. And in that time, you have to stop putting food in your mouth. So right. I, I've heard, I heard years ago that you just finish your plate of food if you take like 10 seconds and just take a couple of deep breaths, sometimes that's enough time to be like, no, you know what? I, I'm going to have a little bit more or I'm good. I know for me, um, I overate all the time because I had so much food and a lot of really good food. My grandparents came from Italy and my grandmother made homemade pasta and sauces and just really fantastic food. And the Filipino culture as well is just a lot of food um, at meals. And so I ate my plate. I ate everybody else's plate. <laughs> I really had but my you mother loved called it. I loved it. My mom said I had a bottomless pit, and <laughs> they they used to say it was the human garbage disposal <laughs> because I really could eat a lot, and I had a really high metabolism as a kid, yeah. and I was super active. So I think that it worked for me sure, as far as yeah. as um, health wise, but. 
as I got older, you know, then I began really picking up weight and weight was an issue in my family, my genetics, um, obesity, high blood pressure, diabetes, heart disease, kidney disease. And I really became, you know, super interested in how can I love food, but still maintain my weight and prevent some of these health issues that have been in my family so I think that's a really good point. You know, when you uh, are raised and you can see what the, the beauty of an older generation that you can see is that they're the health problems that can develop and a lot of them are prevented with diet. So um, if you have if diabetes in your family or obesity or heart disease, you can help curb that. Some of it is hereditary and you can't do anything about it, but you can help kind of curb it with nutrition. So if that's something that you are experiencing in your family, that probably is a good sign for you to kind of reevaluate what you're doing, would you say? Definitely. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And one of the most amazing, interesting, enlightening, inspiring parts of nutrition right now for me is the whole nutrigenomics area and realizing that we may have, well, when I first became a dietitian, Everything I learned was we have the environment and we have the genetics Mm -hmm. and the genetics we can't control, but the environment we can. Yeah, it's nature versus nurture. But now we are learning that we can exercise some control, Mm -hmm. not total control, but some control over our genetics. We We can maybe by our behavior, turn on a gene or turn off a gene. Mm -hmm. So we may all carry a gene for a disease state, for example, but our lifestyle and nutrition may help to keep that gene off versus on. So we have a lot more control than we thought we did. Yeah, I think that... And mindset has a lot to do with that too. Um, But yeah, blue zones, I think what you're talking about is like blue zones. So you can... um, There are places where people live into their hundreds uh, easily and are active and don't have any problems and their natural environment hasn't been exposed to a lot of outside sources and they eat very locally and they eat what's in season, Um, which we're, we don't do here in this country because we can get strawberries in January and strawberries are not in season in January here. Um, So how important is that to eat seasonally as far as now, if you want, I guess if you're really craving a strawberry, I guess you could have one. But um, I we try to eat seasonally just because it's, number one, it's more affordable to eat seasonally than it is out of season. And then also it's just sometimes nature provides the uh, nutrients that you need for that particular point in the year. Yeah, I love that. Oh, I, I'm a firm believer in eating locally, mm-hmm. eating seasonally. You know, just the produce at a farmer's market, for example, may travel 50 miles to get there, whereas in the grocery store, the produce may have traveled 2,000 miles. Yeah. So it's it's a big difference. And I am, you know, very grateful for all the abundance and variety that we get at the grocery store. Yeah. But I, I really, um, promote eating locally. Yeah. And, eating in season as much as possible or freezing foods in season, canning fruits that are in season Mm -hmm. to have later. I mean, I just think you can't beat the flavor. You're supporting the local economy 
And so, yeah, and I, it tastes better. If it tastes better, taste is really the number one reason why people choose food. Yeah. So if it tastes good, people are going to eat more of it. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the big reasons that I think people should eat local produce. Because if you show, like you're a mom and you show your child a uh, strawberry, as you're saying, out of season, they, they may not it's like hard. it. It's, it's, it's going like, to be tart. It's not going to taste very good no. compared to the fresh local strawberries that are so flavorful mm-hmm. and so delicious. So it's a, it's really important. Yeah. I think, um, and also if you're unfamiliar with what could be in season, a great place to go is the farmer's market because you would be able to see what would be in season. And if the farmer's markets are over, you can also contact your local farmers to see exactly what they're growing. They might be growing microgreens, they might be growing root vegetables. And then part of the fun is trying to find recipes to incorporate that stuff into maybe a fun dish. Absolutely. And it gives me an opportunity right now to say that Allegheny County, in Allegheny County, the Western Maryland Food Council just completed in June a new website that's a one-stop shop for local food. And it is called buylocalallegheny.org. So I really encourage everybody to go there and check out local food in season. So it's not just the people that go to the farmer's market. That's great. So, That's great. Yeah. And it's an easy resource for people when they're trying to figure out what to do. And so, they and these farmers will deliver to your house. Yes. A lot of these farmers. Uh, and I, I was amazed during the pandemic mm-hmm. to be able to have fresh greens almost the entire year yeah. from farmers, local farmers growing in tunnels, high tunnels. High tunnels are greenhouses. Yes. Yeah. And so it... So there's so much local food. We are really, really fortunate. So check out that website. Absolutely. Um, so when did you first realize that there was a mind-body disconnect, especially around eating? Hmm. I, I guess I would say when I began studying nutrition in college was probably, like I went into it thinking, I love food. Sure. I want to learn about food. Well, then as I began studying and realizing my own nutrition needs, okay. and as I began gaining that freshman 15 sure, and t- yeah. to 20, you know, I was like becoming more aware myself. That's kind of when the lactose intolerance started to uh-huh. show up a little bit. So I think I just became more mindful myself about what I had, you know, what I wanted to eat to feel my best and to keep my weight, you know, to maintain my own weight and prevent, help prevent chronic disease. So I just love that link between how eating helped prevent or manage Mm -hmm. a chronic disease. So um, I'd say, you know, in my early 20s, as far as the mind-body connection went, I think that... um, I, I've always been interested in mind, body, spirit, soul, you know, the holistic. Sure. That, yeah. that I've always, you know, from the time I started studying nutrition, I think that connection was always really, really important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as um, stress management goes, you yeah. know, the older you get, the more stresses it oh, seems yeah. that there are. But now we know there are lots of stresses for children as well. But I really... Um, noticed in my own life how certain things helped me, whether it was writing or music, dancing, getting outside, you know, activity, exercise, you know, so many things that, that 
made me feel better. Yeah. You know, and then as I began studying the research behind why these things make me feel better, you know, I just got more and more interested in mind-body medicine Yeah, and had an opportunity to study with the Center for Mind-Body Medicine. And now I'm certified through them and work with them. That's fantastic. And, but their training, you know, really moved me from a place where I'm going to use this, um, maybe let's say going on a hike, for sure. example, like when I have time yeah. to, I've got to make time to do this. Make it because, a priority. Yeah. Yes. So I think, you know, I made food a priority first, then, yeah. you know, came into the habits that I really need to make a priority, not when I have time, but make the time to do them yeah. to feel my best. Yeah. I think that that, and like that happen. it's going to change. So your priorities in life change. Um, and so there's no hard or fast rule. Like, it's not like if you do this, then this will happen. And if you stop doing that, this will happen. It's sort of, you have to figure out your own path and what's Mm going to work for you. And then also realize that sometimes you have to take a different path halfway through because things happen. Well, and I love what you said before, um, Lydia, about how we are different, you know, like our bodies change as Mm -hmm. we get older, our circumstances change, the world changes. And so it really is something that you reassess all the time. It's not one and done. Like the book is 52 tips that have kind of risen to the top of my, in my career that have worked for me and my clients, something that really resonates. Sure. But they are things that I have to go back to all the time. And we all have to go back to, And when you say about like right or wrong Mm -hmm. um, way of eating or whatever, it's, it's not black and white. And that's one of the things that is involved in making peace with your plate is that everything isn't black and white. And maybe a food might bother you, you take it out of your diet, you you first you identify that this might be causing me an issue, you take it out, and then you can add it back in. So it's a matter of loving the foods that love you back. Yes. And you really have to be mindful. And you really have to pay attention to what you're doing. And it doesn't stay the same. It absolutely doesn't. So it's just a day to day. And you know, meal to meal yeah. thing. So um, we were talking, you you uh, hinted at your uh, Italian and Filipino roots. Um, I have Greek roots and then my mother's uh, a smattering of European descent. Um, my husband is a Eastern European descent. He likes potatoes and um, sauerkraut, which he makes himself in kimchi. He likes the very like hearty things. Um, I'm not, I'm not a fan of rotting cabbage. Um, but if you do, that's fine. I just eat really Mediterranean based. Uh, it's always felt best for me. Um, my family is lactose intolerant, whether some of them would like to admit it or not, (laughs) but you know, we, I, we have really good olive oil in the house. It's very, you know, that kind of thing. Do you think that culturally and heritage plays a part and what you what your tastes what you kind of gravitate more towards I 100% do (laughs) (laughs) I know for myself you know I'm I'm just a a really mix of the Italian food and the Filipino food Asian food Asian cuisine Mm -hmm. I love both I love to study food and 
culture yeah. and the heritage. I maybe it's in our DNA. I think it possibly and most likely yeah. is part of it. Mm-hmm. But what we grow up eating becomes our comfort food. So our comfort foods really vary, yeah. you know, from family to family. And I love learning about the different cultures. There's a website. Um, uh, it's a nonprofit called Old Ways, okay. O-L-D-W-A-Y-S. Okay. And they have a fabulous website, but they really specialize in heritage oh. diets and heritage eating. And they have, um, like I, I think they do have Mediterranean for sure. Uh-huh. That's what I utilize the, most of their materials. But I think they may also have... African yeah. as well as well, that's um, all part indigenous of the also they may have. Yeah. So it's very, very that's really interesting. Cool. Yeah. So it's it's um I find fascinating. Sure. Um, yeah. I mean I, I think it's interesting, especially um where my family is from in Greece changed hands now modern day Turkey. So it would ch- it changed hands so many different times and there was a bunch of trade routes and you know all that kind of stuff that happens through the Mediterranean that this mix of cultures happen and then but the they bring different ingredients, different spices, different ways of cooking methods, all that kind of stuff. And it kind of kind of becomes a melting pot of like very good, flavorful, delicious foods. And sometimes um I lo- I like food that tastes tastes good, as you said. You're not gonna eat something that's bland. Well, maybe you do. I don't know. Cause that, that might be your preference to not have any spice or any flavor. I, I mean, is that the thing? I mean, you're a nutritionist. That have can you, happen. Yeah. Yeah. Because if people are bothered by spices, depending on okay. stomach issues, yeah. that, that could be, but taste is the number one reason right. people choose food. So we do want food that tastes good. Right. <laughs> well, I talk about, um, uh, variety is the spice of life yeah. and of eating. Yes. Because we need to have a good variety, even within a food group of vegetables. You yeah. know, we want to eat a variety of vegetables because the mineral content and different and phytonutrient content yeah. of different vegetables varies. So the more you variety you have, the more likely you are to to meet those needs. Yeah. But I do talk a, about the Mediterranean diet and about eating for longevity and brain yeah. health in the blue zones in the book. Awesome. Also. So there are some ingredients, there are some foods that have kind of risen to the top okay. that are so beneficial. So I mean, that's great. So your your book, which I'm very proud that you published because you worked very hard on it and it's been super successful. Where can people find your book? Uh, it's on Amazon and in local bookstores. So it's in, it's at Wholesome Harvest, um, where I'm a member and I know you are too. And we're instrumental in getting Wholesome (laughs) Harvest started. So I did my books, my first book signing there and they carry the book. I was at Main Street Books in Frostburg um, last week. I'm going to be at the book center in downtown, but they already have the book as well. And the library has the book also. So, um, yeah, I did a book signing there for at during heritage days and donated a book, but they had already purchased one. That's amazing. So that's amazing. um, Yeah. So I'm excited for that and it's on Amazon. So if you go to my website, remindfuleating.com, you can, um, learn more about the book. Yeah. So, um, you do a lot of work with the Western Maryland Food Council, which is great. And I think that that's, it's a multi, uh, is it multi-county? Is that what, yeah, how that we works? We have a regional food council. Okay. 
A lot of food, ca- there's over 300 food councils in the United States. So you should and be able to some find one are, locally. Yeah, some are regional okay. and some are local, just like county-wise. County. Okay. So in Maryland, there are five, and we are the only regional food council okay. in Maryland. So we our food council covers Washington, Allegheny, and Garrett County. Okay. And it and our our goals include improving the food system, improving the access to local food, mm-hmm. improving the health yeah. um, of our area. Absolutely, and uh, they do a great they do great things at, all the time in the area too. So, and the website that you mentioned, the Buy Local Allegheny, is and the Food Council also has a website okay. that is www.wmd foodcouncil.com. So So you can learn more about the Food Council. And we really encourage everyone to get involved. Um, It's a wonderful group of people that are uh, interested in improving our food system. That's amazing. Over the three counties. And we have a local group, uh, Allegheny County group, Mm -hmm. as well as um, a regional Food Council meeting. And our next Food Council meeting is going to be on October the 13th at 4.30, and it will be on Zoom. So if you go on that website, it might, the link might not be up right now, but the link will be up. Great. And anybody can reach out to me about it too, uh, through my remindfuleating.com website. So you've given us a wealth of information, a wealth of links. So what we'll do is we'll link them on our website too, so people can, and we'll do them in the podcast notes, so people can just look and see where they want to go and find your book, find um, resources on buying local foods, and then just maybe just general information, especially the old ways. That sounds like an interesting website. I'm super. You will love that, Lydia. So many great recipes. And they do food tours. I'd really love to go on one of their food tours. They do food. They're doing one um, low country, southern cuisine in South Carolina. But a lot of them are overseas. I think they've got one coming up maybe um, to Taiwan, but they do them in the Mediterranean and yeah, so it's a neat, yeah, it's definitely an excellent resource. Great. And I did want to mention, um, I do the mind body medicine work and I'm part of a group of people locally that want to promote our area as a tourist destination for health and wellness. And that is the community resilience network and we are working on a brand new website also and it is www.mountainsofwellness.org and you can find uh, resources for managing stress with mind body medicine at that website and we do eight week mind body skills groups I'm facilitating one right now so every week we learn a new skill to help manage stress in a healthy way this is amazing I mean there's all these resources I and that's why I am bringing back the podcast because there's all these resources that you can get overwhelmed with trying to find on your own. But if you have somebody that can direct you and say, like, if you're having stress and you're, it's impacting your mind and wellness and how you're eating, then maybe this is a perfect thing for you to listen to, to kind of help navigate you and put you in the right direction. And, and just another plug for my sure. book, the third part, the first part of my book is on hunger, fullness, and mindful eating. The second is on eating skills. So that's where we talk about foods to promote longevity yeah. and how to have a, how to stock your pantry sure. and how to plan meals. And there's some meal planning ideas there. 
and um, also food safety. If you get oh, started right. cooking, you know, we have to be aware of food safety. I didn't even think about, but yeah, you're right. The third part of the book is on managing stress, feeling great, managing stress and improving mood. Yeah. So it really ties together all these areas that I'm so interested in and have just been hel helping me to feel well and be healthy. Yeah. Well, Teresa, thank you so much for coming. I This has been a, an eye-opening and really jam-packed information podcast. So thanks for coming. And you can come back anytime you want. Thank you so much, Lydia. I'd love to come back. Fantastic. Thank you. You're welcome. For more information on what you've heard on today's show, make sure you check out our website and that is recordtalklisten.com. There you'll find all of our other previous episodes and there's over a hundred because we've been at it eight years. So if you want to listen to all of our previous episodes, good on you. And we would love you to do that. Easiest way to do that is to subscribe to the podcast and we're pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, yada, yada, yada. So subscribe, rate, review, more people can see the podcast, share it with your friends and family, and just ultimately support the podcast in an easiest way, which is to listen. So thank you so much for joining me on the kickoff to season eight. This has been another episode of Record Talk Listen, where I hit record, people talk, and hopefully you listen. Until next time, thank you so much. Mm -hmm.